Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Gone in 60 seconds. The most year 2000 movie of oh all time. God. That music, that opening music told you right now. Guess what year it is? <laughs> Moby. Yeah. Oh, it was Moby. Oh, it was Moby. That's right, Moby. <laughs> the story behind that album is actually kind of interesting. He was handed a, C- a box set CD of a bunch of old slave hymns. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are we, yeah, we're recording, right? We yeah, are recording. Yeah, yeah, we're recording, so. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then he just turned all those things into into that album play. Old slave hymns? Yeah, that's why Big Sally up. Big Sally okay, Dad, yeah. you know, that's like, they're like slave hymns. It's same with like, hey, my honey, come back sometimes. Exactly. It's all slave hymns. Couldn't tell you one Moby song. Oh, yeah, you can. No, I couldn't. Yeah, you can. You definitely heard, oh, how does that one go? You know, dun, dun, in, uh, I forgot what that song is called. That that album was huge. I'm not saying I haven't heard Moby before. I'm just saying I, I couldn't name a song. Like, oh, just, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Southside with Gwen Stefani? I'm sure. That's I mean, true. You couldn't name it, though. That's the problem. I get what you're saying. I don't know the names of any of his songs, but I know the songs. Yeah, like I probably know the songs, but I if I heard it, I would be like, oh, I think that's Moby. Like that wouldn't be. But now if I listen for old slave hymns, then I guess... <laughs> I guess I'll know I'll know who to go to. There's a podcast called Heavyweight that Gimlet puts out and uh the first episode is about that. It's about the guy who gave Moby the CDs um with the slave hymns and and how he feels like he kind of you know didn't get as much credit as as he Oh heard. my god, what a what a <laughs> Stugatz over here. <laughs> yeah, he's very stupid. The Stugatz is strong. <laughs> I could not imagine spending three hours on something that I didn't like after <laughs> ten minutes. You don't like it. You are a weird individual to keep watching. What are you nuts? <laughs> you dedicated a week of your life to dislike something? Get a hobby, knit something, go for a walk. Previously on Cinephobe. How am I supposed to go back to the me before all of this pain? Excuse me, we're new in town and we've never had sex before. Would you give us a hand? I would have rather seen his cock. Out of way, Bobby! This episode in this movie 
exist. You bet your sweet ass I saw a lawnmower, man. Oh, Teddy. I'll call some guys from my neck of the woods. We're not talking, Brooke, about a couple of queens who know a few grapples. We're talking about Polacks that don't have a goddamn future. You have a stupid heart and a stupid brain. Regular Einstein. You think I'm a coward? You're wrong. I'm not a coward. You're the coward. I'm not a coward. I love cocaine. I do it all the time. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't mean fag like homosexual. I mean fag like retard. I got nukes shooting out of my dick right now. I've got so many nukes. Dick nukes. I mean, look at this buffet of ass. Mouth to dildo, dildo ass, ass to ass. Hi, Branch. Anal beads. I'm the goddamn talent, Maze. Look, Gene, I've never told anyone this before. My head! But I can suck my own dick. And I do it a lot. 1038. This movie is shit. You don't know shit. Holy shit, bro. I had the same note, too. I swear to God, both of you guys are the biggest fucking liars in the world. Howdy, howdy, howdy. You should have saved this for the train. All right, au revoir, Lubin. Lisa, solid. Oh, I mean, why don't you just be like a regular person and dream about regular threesomes? Like clones. Give me some soul, kisses, baby. Hey, beautiful. Oh, dang. Oh, oh. I can't indulge this comparison to a person that I mean may or may not know in a movie that has nothing to do with this podcast. That's some 20th century shit, bitch. We will tangle ass. Say hi to your mother for me. And you will lose. What's the end game? Okay, now everyone's dead. What is fucking Spence from Ballers? Who cares what the end game is? Garbage! I am Wrath. McCavity! <laughs> We break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. Nando Vila, who you heard in the cold open, going to join us later on in this episode to break down the movie we're doing this week. But before we get to that, reminder, patreon.com slash count the dings to get all of our extra exclusive Patreon content, including Cinefeud, our game show that I would like to make a regular thing. We shall. I think I'll be good at it in the future. And then... If you have a submission, submit it. Reminder, submit it. it's got to be oh, 40. <laughs> I affected change. I affected change. Reminder, it needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience or critic score. Amin is looking at the photo from Back to the Future of Marty McFly and his <laughs> image has just become solid. Earth angel. Earth angel. Please be mine, my darling dear. We gotta have the rights to this Love song. Love you for all time. I'm just a fool. A fool who pots for... Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin. You. Marvin Barry. Yeah, let's do another one. January is Nick Cage month, and this is the last week of Nick Cage month. We had Jiu-Jitsu, we had Snake Eyes, we had Kiss of Death, and then we threw it up on the poll. Which movie did you think was the best one? Of course, Snake Eyes won. I get to pick this week's episode, and this week's episode is the 2000 action crime thriller 
Gone in 60 seconds. Oh, I had Action Heist. Oh, Action Heist. That's better. I like that. Heist is better. Gone in 60 seconds, of course, stars Nick Cage. As we wrap up Nick Cage month in 2021, Nick Cage plays Memphis Reigns, by far my favorite Nick Cage character name. Is he named Memphis because his dad conceived him in Memphis? I think that's what it is. I do think it's a shout out to the future callback of four christmases i do believe that these universes cross over it's a patreon exclusive inside joke (laughs) my second favorite memphis after memphis bleak shout out to black history month on its way it's not here yet cage was still on a heater in 2000 (laughs) he was coming off of snake eyes in 98 eight millimeter in 1999 i can't remember who suggested we do eight millimeter and then just let amin be unleashed but let me tell you the worst idea of all time and then he had The Family Man in 2000 and Captain Corelli's Mandolin in 2001. Who did he play Captain Corelli's Mandolin? Captain Corelli. He plays Marvin Berry. <laughs> when you... We also get the cinephobe debut of Angelina Jolie. Oh, Speaking of heaters. Fresh off of kissing her brother. Jolie had Pushing Tin, The Bone Collector, and Girl Interrupted in 1999. Oscar-winning role. Wow. Lara Croft tomb raider and original sin would come out in 2001 jolie 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 i'm shocked he knows that song i know he didn't do it right that's but I, a banger you know. i did do it right well it's jolene uh, but i know you're doing the jolie thing so uh, uh, well actually <laughs> um, the name of the song is oh, shut the fuck up just so you know this energy will not be there later on in the show no because <laughs> These are the best, I mean, because he's all warmed up intros. at this point, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm lubed up. Imagine if the I'm first quarter was the fourth quarter. That's how I we do. Also, we also get Giovanni Ribisi from The Postman. No, Giovanni Ribisi from A Million Days to Wire in the West. Yes, repeat defender. <laughs> also, wait, hold on. No, no, I know, I heard it. No, yeah, I heard it. Gloss, gloss over. You want to rewind it? <laughs> <laughs> A Million Days to Wire in the West. He also was in Saving Private Ryan and coming off a boiler room. Yes. By the way, A Million Days to Wire in the West (laughs) is a completely different movie because it's a movie where they're sitting in the (laughs) Old West like, why come we got to ride horses instead of having other types of uh, transportation available to us? What? (laughs) Can we just get through this shit? Why come I got to... Put my tobacco inside my lip instead of rolling it up some papers and smoking it. This is not what this movie is like at all. A million ways to die in the wet. Uh, a million days to uh, <laughs> You fucked me over. God damn it. Yeah, that's May's problem there. That's, that was it's definitely fault. his fault. So Giovanni Ribisi, repeat offender, also from The Postman. Uh, Scott Kahn from Varsity Blues. And Boiler Room. And Hawaii Five-0. Ocean's Eleven ne- the next year. William Lee Scott from, from Butterfly Effect. I don't know who he is. Bullethead. Will Patton from The Postman. Armageddon and Remember the Titans. Delroy Lindo from uh, Romeo Must Die. Malcolm X. West Indian Archie and Malcolm X. He's great. Timothy Oliphant from Live Free or Die Hard. Three years before Deadwood, he's a nobody in this movie. The Mandalorian. Chai McBride from iRobot. Boston Public. And Undercover Brother. There you go. Future Cinephobe. 
Boston Public. Boston Public. Oh. Yeah, no, he was he was the fucking principal I in know, Boston Public. I know. I didn't. Ex- I didn't have a mean being a Boston Public head. I didn't have Zach knowing who Shy McBride was. Fuck you, buddy. I've seen iRobot like eight times. Thank you very much. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Black History Month. <laughs> Not yet. Repeat offender Robert Duvall from Four Christmases. Yeah. Repeat offender Vinnie Jones from Swordfish. Yeah. It was lock, stock, two smoking barrels, snatch, swordfish in this movie. So downhill, basically, the whole way. And James Duvall from Independence Day. James Duvall. Not to be confused with Robert Duvall. Future callback. And Christopher Eccleston from 28 Days Later, The Leftovers, bunch of stuff. And Master P from No Limit. Oh, my God. Uh, No, from I I Got got the the hookup. Hookup. Holler if you hear me. Also from the Toronto Raptors. And the Charlotte Hornets. And also from uh, being a little Romeo's dad. Big Romeo? <laughs> Big Junior, little Junior. in 60 Seconds, directed by Dominic Sena. Repeat offender. You know Dominic Sena's work from directing Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation music video, oh, yeah. Janet Jackson's If music video, oh, yeah. and of course, Swordfish. H.B. Mm. Halicki has a writing credit for this movie. He wrote the original 1974 version. Scott Rosenberg gets screenplay credit here. Scott wrote Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, Con Air, High Fidelity, Kangaroo Jack, both of the new Jumanji movies, and Venom. Solid career. Synopsis for Gone in 60 Seconds. A retired master car thief must come back to the industry and steal 50 cars with his crew in one night to save his brother's life. One last job. Tagline. Lock your car, or it may be gone in 60 seconds. That's terrible. Ah, ah, he said it. Two others. Cut to the chase. I like that. I wouldn't mind that for this movie. They could have cut to the chase a little bit earlier. This movie was exceptionally long. Ice cold. Hot wired. No. Isn't that the tagline for the Vanilla Ice movie? <laughs> cool as ice. Yeah. $90 million estimated budget here. Holy shit. Grossed 101.6. Holy in shit. In the US. I mean, 237.2 worldwide. There's some movies you don't even have to tell me how much it grossed wherever. I just know it did well overseas. Overseas, like, oh, he's stealing cars. Oh, I like that a Lamborghini. It is very nice. Oh, my goodness. What is this accent? Oh, Angelina Jolie, she's a very beautiful woman. And uh, that's it. That's all it <laughs> takes. How many countries are you in here? All of them. What is this? It's called the global box office, Zach. It's not called the... Global box office, bitch. <laughs> it's not the Qatari box office. It's the global box office. Before jumping into this movie and listening to the rest of the podcast, for me, Gone in 60 Seconds is available on demand through the Bravo app. Yeah, that's where I got it too. Are yeah. you serious? I mean... Are you guys fucking serious? <laughs> I'm serious. It was a struggle, but... Yeah, I didn't watch commercials, but it worked. It said it was the edited version, maybe? Yeah. I, and I was worried that one of you guys would find something Same. that I didn't see. You guys watched this movie for free. Through Bravo. I looked it up by every means necessary. Every means necessary? No, don't make any puns about my name. Because here's what happened. <laughs> Would it be a mean thing to do? It was available nowhere. It would be a real old hassle. I looked it up. It said on uh, up, 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 <laughs> just watch the app that we, we watch. All the t- t- whatever this fuck. It says <laughs> go to direct. Okay? T- What's happening I'm right now? I'm not okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> because I w- it says DirecTV subs. And I'm like, cool. I'm a DirecTV sub. And I went to DirecTV and I searched Gone in 60 Seconds. There was nothing on demand, but it said, hey, we're playing this movie on channel 254 on February 1st. And I'm like, that's nice, but I can't wait till then. I have to watch it right now. And so I said, well, I guess I have to rent this. So I go to Amazon because I like renting things through Amazon. I don't know why. And I start. And I'm like, huh. 
don't know. For a movie that I know came out like in the 2000s. 20th century, bitch! This seems very oh, no. old timey of an intro. Oh, no. <laughs> but I understand that sometimes movies like to do this. They like to do like the, hey, it's the old timey intro because this is the old time as the start of the movie. And then it'll say 20 years later and it'll take us to the beginning. And so I'm like, okay. Apparently in 2000, this movie was the first one to start. And I was like, kudos to them. You know what? I didn't give it enough credit going into this. I thought it was going to be a dumb action movie. But no, they're really going like super artsy with, we're starting this thing back in the day. And about like 10 minutes in, I realized, I don't think I'm watching the right movie. So I, I hit back on Amazon and then I looked at it. It says, Gone in 60 Seconds, 1974. Oh, no. Yeah, I paid four bucks. For the wrong movie. So then I had to go back and rent the right version. You should be able to be like, yo, I fucked up. I meant the other one. Not 10 minutes in. like, Because most dumb motherfuckers who watch movies are like, this ain't the right one. And like two seconds in, they can tell Amazon I picked the wrong one. But my dumb ass. With the dumbest motherfucker. Because <laughs> I, exactly. I'm the stupidest motherfucker. I'm like, oh, I'm watching this. It must be Archie, blah, blah, blah. And clearly that. So like 15 minutes in, you can't tell them I picked the wrong one. They're going to be like, shut the fuck up, you liar. So I just got to go back with my tail between my legs and pick the right one and and watch this god-awful movie. Is this the worst of the rental war casualties? Yes, because it wasn't... The, like, if all of you guys had rented it and then I mistakenly rented the wrong one... Yeah, whatever. Right. But, like, the idea, like, oh, this shit was free. What are you doing? It was on Bravo. Like, really? It means... Private rental war. Against myself, apparently. Gone in 60 Seconds receives 26% from the critics on 139 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, 77% from the audience on over 955,000 ratings. Amin, would you like the positive or the negative? Fuck, I want the negative after what the fuck I just went through. (laughs) Negative review. At this point of time, my thought on critics not liking stuff is, then turn it off, you fucking weirdo. You have so many options. People who watch an entire project to hate on it, man, it is so weird to me. David Anson of Newsweek. What's missing from Gone in 60 Seconds is anything new. There's a been there, done that feeling to the Enterprise. It's a remake. Felix Vasquez Jr. of Cinema Crazed. Junior. It's loud pointless and tedious and almost ruins a classic crime flick almost i mean how did it compare to the first 15 minutes of the original i like the original better (laughs) i was was into it that was the problem oh wow like they're really getting into this shit richard corliss of time magazine in this film we learn that it takes eight thousand pounds of pressure to crush a car but only one credited screenwriter scott rosenberg to pound out such a lame script ironically there's more than one mark halvers mark halvers halverson 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 of Sacramento News and Review for car lovers and lovers of truly bad films only. Joe Lazito of Big Picture Big Sound. So clumsy is the film that while our heroes are boosting their 50 cars in 24 hours, the audience never has a clue how many they have successfully stolen. That's not true. I mean, they update that shit constantly. We saw five cars get stolen, right? Spoiler alert. One of them was even, wasn't even the right car. This is not a movie for Matt. That's right. <laughs> Jeffrey M. Anderson of Combustible Celluloid. My dad deserves better. What? I don't know. Gene Laurelson of San Diego Metropolitan. Can I go home now? Yes. Betty Jo Tucker. 
of Real Talk Movie Reviews. Keeping it real. The film... Amin, are you muted or just checked out? What's going on here? He's mad still. I spent $8 to watch this movie. You know what I say that story? What? Bravo. Fuck you. And by the way, that's triggering on a different level because my father, a long, long time ago, but it's about somebody who told a really bad lie and got caught in it, and then the person who caught him in that lie would just respond, La bravo, bravo, which means no, bravo, bravo. Oh, that's just so, like a very condescending bravo. And ever since I've heard, then, I've heard the word bravo. And in my mind, it is a very condescending word. So when you say bravo to me, it's not just, oh, yeah, I mean, that's the channel. I watch this shit on for free. It's also a level of condescension that really, really pisses me off. Ghost of recent exposition makes another appearance. <laughs> The film's glorification of auto theft is a bit disturbing. There's a lot of those. It does glorify it, though. Is that disturbing? It also makes up a freaking department in the police (laughs) grab. I like this department that's like, somebody got murdered. No, but fuck that shit. Some cars got stolen. (laughs) Lulu Menick of the New York Post isn't going to make anyone forget the classic chases in Bullet or The French Connection. No. It's not. Some Tony Medley-ass shit right there. Dessen Thompson of the Washington Post. Cage has found a movie to challenge Snake Eyes and 8mm as the dumbest of his career. Fuck you. Snake Eyes is amazing. Jay Carr of Boston Globe. Oh, no. Hold on. Wait, hold, hold on. on I mean. Hold on. Hold on. No, I mean, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> has the energy of a dead battery. Jake Carr. His name is Carr. It's a movie about cars, and he makes a car pun. On brand. And he's from Boston. You know what that means. He's racist. Car. Exactly. Jake Carr. Jake Carr. It's got all the uh, da-da-da-da about that battery. I don't even remember what the quote was. <laughs> ben Falk of BBC.com. Fuck off. Wait, does it Ben Falk do, like, basketball analysis? Clean the glass. Yes, it's a different one. The dialogue is so cheesy, it needs crackers. Oh, and maybe, maybe a charcuterie plate, Ben Fox. <laughs> Charles Savage of the Miami Herald. Gone in 60 Seconds, a car theft caper starring Nicolas Cage and Angelina Jolie's lips is slickly produced pornography for the sports car lover and little more. Is that an element that we're missing? I don't know. As non-car people? Is this car porn? It might be. I don't know. Like the scenes when he's stroking Eleanor? Where is he? Mark Rayner of the Seattle Times. Weighted down with a new chassis of cliches. Rain or shine. Roger Ebert of Chicago Sun-Times. This is the kind of movie that ends up playing on the TV set over the bar in a better movie. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> I like review. That. That, that's that a great good. You know what? That's a shout out, professional. You know, shout out. That is an awesome awesome (laughs) review and then user chloe p one out of five stars money hungry bastards took chris's build from b is for build and they should really consider giving it back or we the people who support chris aim to do everything we can to destroy the fraudulent activities of eleanor licensing llc what is so outrageous about a fan naming his car which is nothing like the original after one he grew up inspired by that's ridiculous and outrageous free country my ass hashtag return the car oh my god there are hundreds of these reviews what apparently there's some youtuber that's got this thing called b is for build 
and something about Eleanor and the dude. I don't know. There's a bunch of like my lawyer made me change the name of this episode so I wouldn't get sued. Like there's a lot of shit. But the thing has a million views. Wow. Wow. So I don't know what the hell happened, but there are, I mean, I was scanning. There are hundreds of these hundreds and yet still 77% positive reviews. Wow. Everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. Grant Watson of fiction machine. (laughs) Fans of Hollywood's action excess have a lot to like here. However, more discriminating audiences will likely find it a very middle of the road work. Mika Strawhorn of Pajiba. Would I recommend God in 60 Seconds? Sure. But like while you're doing something else, there are some fun scenes, but there's also super cringy running gag. What? Just one? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, wait, wait, hold on. What's the, what's the running gag? Is it just that they want to fuck the cars? I don't, I don't know. Is it that Freb is a... <laughs> oh, wow! Whoa! <laughs> Jesus! Nice! That. <laughs> that. Nelly Minow of Common Sense Media. Check your brain at the door. Enjoy with popcorn. Kevin Carr of 7M Pictures. What? Another car! This is another one of those films that fits into the it is what it is category. Only it's better than that. It is what it is and does it really, really well. Jonathan Rosenbaum of Chicago Reader. I found it more plausible as a time waster than either Mission Impossible. Was he trying to shit on Mission Impossible? I guess so. Which That's what we're not going to do. Because all those except the second one are bangers. Bangers. James Sanford of the Kalamazoo Gazette. Looks sensational with sharp photography, masterful editing, and lighting that makes it seem as if everyone is always standing next to a pastel-colored neon sign. Ross Anthony of the Hollywood Report Card. It's a Volkswagen of a movie with Mercedes actors, some good laughs, and one 1967 Shelby Mustang GT500 chase scene that leaves treadmarks all over the silver screen. I give that report card an F. Victoria Alexander of FilmsInReview.com. Oh, you have to have your finger, your pinky out as you say this review. Victoria Alexander! <laughs> Director Dominic Senna. No, 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 no. Director! Director! Dominic Senna moves the story along and sets up the characters nicely. Shay Casey of rex.arts.movies.review. Despite all my brain's arrogant attempts to dismiss the film as dim-witted hogwash, my gut liked it. Somebody brought to our attention that this is like a forum? There was a negative review of it as well, but it wasn't Mm. very good. Last two. Robert Roten of Laramie Moviescope. That's what he wrote in. Hey, you stole my joke. This is like bumper cars for grown-ups. There is a lot of collisions. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of driving between the lines. Last one, user Stephen H, four out of five stars. Critics don't care if a movie is just fun. This movie is fun. Where else do you get to see a dog eating a license plate? This movie's not fun. That's what he points out? Yeah, and dogs eating anything are not fun. None of that was fun. All right, we're joined now by our special guest, Nando Vila. You know him from Woke Bros on Bomb Thursdays. Yep. He's sitting there with Big Waz. Yes, sir. Talking politics, talking the the big inauguration. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the co-host of Weekends. You're a man about media. You know that's what we all are these days, right? I mean, even if you're an accountant, you're 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 doing media. We're all doing media. We just kind of do it more than everyone else. Nando's like more serious. We we're idiots talking about bad movies. Nando's Me. talking about real topics. Yeah, well, are you not on this podcast? 
I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> an idiot. I'm an actually profoundly unserious man. I I I, I don't actually I, I don't actually consider myself. You delve in the serious, like yeah, you delve in the serious. We delve in the, in a whole month of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Wait, well, what's the difference? Honestly, I'll trade places with that any single day. I actually, I mean, this isn't a video, but I I gotta show you guys. You see this pillow? Oh, I got one too. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I don't have that one. I- <laughs> I've got the face-off <laughs> one, not not the Con Air one. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, he's going to take his face off. off. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Nanda, what was the worst part of the inauguration, and why was it Garth Brooks? <laughs> well, I mean, the funny thing about the Garth Brooks thing with the inauguration is that the Biden campaign at least felt like a nostalgia trip for the 90s. We're just going to go back to the 90s in so many ways. And Garth Brooks was in the inauguration, the Black Eyed Peas, just people who are not like culture hasn't progressed since the nineties and, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna stick there. Like the way MAGA was like a nostalgia for an imagined past of like the nineteen fifties or something, Biden campaign was a nostalgia for for the nineties. And so Garth Brooks is like the the quintessential example of that. We all work with with Waz on some level or some project. What is your experience working with Waz? He's not going to listen to this, so you can say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I love him so much. I mean, honestly, I think we vibe very well. Like we we have a good like one two punch. You know the vibes is what you're saying. Yeah, you know the vibes. Oh. Yeah, the vibes are high. YKTV. <laughs> yeah, I actually had him over uh, this weekend for uh, we, we hung out in my backyard. I made a paella, and man, the best thing about Waz is that he when he starts drinking. He just doesn't stop. And like when we did, <laughs> when we, we did, we the, to get un, yeah. unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, totally unprofessional. Like when we did the Michael Brooks live show, rest in peace in LA, it was me, Mike and Waz. Waz got so plastered on stage and was just saying so many inappropriate shit, mm-hmm. uh, so much inappropriate shit. And the, and the crowd was just eating it up. I mean, I knew him and I'm like, dude, Waz like is fully blacked out right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When our Chicago show, I was standing in the back because we start off with the bomb segment. And so I was standing in the back and there were a bunch of like, you know, writers from the athletic and everything that were at the show and they're all standing back there. And at one point, one of them looks over to me. He's like, how does Waz get away with saying this stuff? Like this is going out, right? I was like, yeah, probably. He goes, how does he get away with that? I was like, I don't know. He's Waz. Like it just does. Like that's yeah, just what it yeah. is. Yeah. No, you, you got to appreciate it. You got to appreciate it. Cause I, I'm definitely way more careful than he is. You know, he just, he just goes out and <laughs> he says it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. He's just raw dogging <laughs> conversation constantly. Yeah. That's yeah. his whole that's his whole MO. There is no there's no careful, there's no protection or anything. He's just he's just going for it. What is your connection with Gone in 60 Seconds other than it being a very old feeling movie? <laughs> well, I remember it really well from when it came out. Like, I mean, I was born in 1985. So this movie came out when I was 15 years old and I you're in high school, you're you're starting to become more savvy to to like movies and the things that are out in the culture. And I just remember this movie like very, very, very well that it was just a perfect movie of its time and place, I would say. And like the the cage thing where he goes like, okay, let's ride. Like that was like, yeah, I just remember that image very, very well. So revisiting it now as a fully formed adult was interesting. I was just shocked. that I was like reciting lines, <laughs> even though I haven't seen this movie in 20 years <laughs> but uh, i was shocked at how at how much it stuck with me i mean have you seen this movie before no i hadn't seen it i remember when it came out and then fast and the furious came out like a year later yeah a year later and i thought it was a sequel to this movie <laughs> because it had all the same rhythms 
And I was just like, oh, I guess like they changed the title. And then it, it took me a while for people to explain to me, oh, no, this is a different movie. Didn't watch that. Then I watched Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Mm. And I was like, yeah. I'm, That's the one you've seen. Yeah. You skipped one. You skipped Too Fast, Too Furious, right? There's like, there was yeah. a one in between. Future though. Cinephobe. Yeah, yeah. They're all future cinephobes, aren't no, they? No, not all of them. No, get out of here. Fuck out of here. Are you serious? <laughs> There's some great movies in there. Some bad ones, too. Don't make us do Fast and Furious month. Oh, so I'll quit the pod. I mean, the, the latter Fast and Furious are like shockingly good. From five on, like five is like one of the best action movies I've ever seen. I'm good. And that's when the rock gets involved. Yeah, okay. Once they finally got up to speed, got in gear. I'm all mm-hmm. right. right. Yeah, get it? Yeah. You got the right amounts of Fast and Furious in that one. That's why Vin Diesel hates the rock, right? Because his franchise got good once the rock came in. And he got Pretty jealous. much. Funny enough, spoil a little trivia for the end of this episode. Timothy Oliphant was originally supposed to be Dominic Toretto. Ooh. Turned it down, then they went to Vin. Wow. Very different franchise. <laughs> There's no franchise. Shout out to Vin Diesel for his expert multi-ethnic look. He can play white guy, play a black guy, whatever. He's Vin Diesel. Expert. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what he is. What he is, right? I, yeah, I, legitimately I don't know. Don't is know. he Latin or like Middle Eastern? I don't know. Vin Diesel's black. Okay. Do you guys know his real name? Yes, Vinathan. He was one of the guys in Saving Private Ryan. And, you know, in World War II, the, the armed forces weren't in- integrated yet. So historical inaccuracy there, yeah. Oh, he played a white guy. Oh, he was doing whiteface. His real name is Mark Sinclair. It's not Vinathan Diesel? It's not It's not <laughs> Vinathan. No, no, no. Vinathan, I think, is his middle name. No, it's Mark Sinclair. It's not Vindru either. Vindru. Vindru. If it was Indian, it would be Vindru. <laughs> no, Amin thought that man. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin's full name was Mandrew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's dive into this perfect encapsulation of getting into the 21st century. A lot of yes. 20th century bitch vibes, I mean, no, no. that get carried and introduced us to the 21st century. You know what's funny? No. The 20th century bitch vibes exist in the 20th century. And the 21st century ma'am vibes exists in the 21st century but the year 2000 2000, international waters it's got its own thing man remember we did x versus sever that was another very two it's very unique here's the highlights techno music and then leather jacket dusters. Leather jackets for sure. Like the, but the duster. Not like biker leather jackets. Not like, like biker. Like, it's yeah. like this thin leather, right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very shiny, you know? Yeah. We have the 20th century, we have 21st century, and the year 2000 is like that hour and a half or two hours when one presidency is waiting for the inauguration to be completed. I think it's like that lawless time. The, the 21st century really begins... After 9-11, right? Like 9-11 changed, you know, like was what defined kind of the next two decades. Um, And so the the year 2000 itself was kind of like this interregnum between (sighs) the 90s and all of that. And that pre-99. What'd you just say? Call Pablo Torre. Let him know. He's been been swept out of the playoffs. Pablo's knocked out. (laughs) (laughs) He's playing a game of vocab knockout. Pablo's got no chance. (laughs) <laughs> interregnum look it up i wouldn't even know how to begin to look that up all right i mean what e? is your first <laughs> note for this movie my first note is holy shit this soundtrack <laughs> shout out to the jerry bruckheimer tree one of the most underrated Love but it. most oh. appreciated production house logos because of the way 
the zoom happens up the road and then the tree hits and the lightning hits the tree and boom, and it's Bruckheimer. And the tree and the road have nothing to do with the name Bruckheimer, but he just said, you know what? I like roads. I like trees. I like lightning. I like my name. <laughs> okay. So we start off with car noises inside the animation of a watch ticking. Photos of a young Nick Cage with family. And so my first note with this is, this was all before Photoshop was like a regular thing, right? So how do we think they made these old pictures? There was Photoshop. Yeah, it had been around for like a decade, but it wasn't like it wasn't like a heavily used integrated tool into society. Well, not into society, but I remember I used to work at a computer store on campus at Georgia Tech. Nerd. We sold Adobe Photoshop. It cost like $700. So a lot of times the only people who were buying it were different departments on campus. But the reality is the technology exists and it probably existed a lot earlier than then as well. I wish Jade was here for this. The Lee Harvey Oswald picture with the rifle. A lot of people say that was Photoshop, mm. but like whatever technology they had in the day. So it's not that as far-fetched in 2000 as you would think. However, I do want to say with all of the chrome skulls in the opening sequence, I did kind of feel like they didn't have to sell Nick Cage too hard on this movie. They probably just showed him that opening sequence. Is that Ghost Rider? Yeah. You think this is where he decided, I'm going to do Ghost Rider someday? <laughs> oh, there's a real Johnny Blaze moment coming up in this movie. <laughs> there are a lot of Johnny Blaze moments in this one. In terms of the Photoshop, though, Zach, I thought a lot of them were pretty good, but then there was a couple that were really bad face-in-the-hole pictures with him and Rabisi. Yeah. But before Photoshop, you would just use it like a straight razor and just literally cut and paste on top and then scan again and just create more images like that. What a miserable job for the props department. You'd go to a photo shop. You'd go to a shop and say, hey, can you give me up these photos? All the tools in Adobe you do with with, with your hands. 20th century, bitch. <laughs> with actual Adobe. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. We've got Giovanni Rabisi. Gio Rabisi's in this. Gina Jolie. That was my initial reaction was like, this is the most stacked cast like of all time. Loaded. Absolutely loaded. It's either that or the movie Eddie. But this has Nicolas Cage, bona fide leading man, major action star, Angelina Jolie, like the, the hottest star at the time, a female star. Just got her trophy. Giovanni Ribisi, Robert Duvall, you know, legend, Delroy Lindo, Timothy Oliphant, Vinnie Jones. Like this movie was absolutely stacked. Master P. Master P. Don't forget Master <laughs> P. Spoiler alert. Most famous rapper in the year 2000. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Michael Pena was in it. I'll tell you who else they had. James Duvall, who cannot act to save his oh, life. James Duvall's terrible. As Giovanni's friend. But he was in Independence Day. He couldn't act in that movie either. It also had Bullethead from the Steve Harvey show. It did have Bullethead from the Steve Harvey show. Yes, I'm glad you're here, Nando. He's the computer nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ironic that Bullethead would play the computer nerd. It's like the, a 180 from who he was as a character on Steve Range. Show. Second of all, I'm glad that you're here, Nando, because... These two slices of Wonder Bread, they were like, what's the Steve Harvey show? Sorry that I know him from the Butterfly Effect. One, I watched the Steve Harvey show, but two, no, you didn't. <laughs> I know him from the Butterfly Effect. What was Bullethead's best friend name? I don't know fucking names in these two. Oh, no. now you don't know the names. Anyone who knows? <laughs> Romeo, man. Romeo and Bullethead. Bullethead and Romeo. <laughs> sure. Three and a half minutes after B-roll and music, <laughs> we're at a Porsche dealership. It's Sunday, 11.58 p.m. They let us know that. Gio is with a couple of guys, says he has to get his tool. Kip, that's not a tool. That's a damn brick. Grabs a brick. <laughs> Gotta use a brick. We might as well call prison and make reservations. He just chucks it through the window. They find the key in the lockbox, get in the car, peel out through the other window. I called the friend Sidekick Exposition. 
And then as the scene continued, I said, this is a level exposition we haven't seen since Theodore Rex. Are you talking about the guy with the LeVar Burton Star Trek glasses? Yes, that's sidekick exposition. Yeah, I called him LeVar Burton and I was delighted at how that worked out. Star Trek exposition? Star Trek's position. Cut to Scott Kahn. Yo, so check out my new move. I call it The Stranger. What I do is I sit on my hand for like 15, 20 minutes until it goes numb. No feeling at all. And then I rub one out. The Stranger, huh? It's like a little boy's nursery school I've come upon here. I thought Chappelle made that up. I did not know that was an an actual real thing. No, that's been a thing. I remember that like from when I was a kid. Yeah, I heard about that in high school and I was in high school from like 96 to 2000. Is this the popularization? I don't know. I don't know what the order of operations is there. Because this movie precedes the Lil John By four years at least. Sometimes when I'm alone. <laughs> sit on my hand. Wait till it gets numb and masturbate. I call that a stranger. Have you ever given yourself a stranger? What? A stranger. Yeah. Yeah. Will Patton is unimpressed by the talk, and that's when Gio races a dude with a blonde, and the cops see him blow through Wilshire, and the helicopters are are on him on the bridge. This is just an amazing thing to do to just steal a car and then race a dude, and then, and then race. <laughs> yeah. Not just racing. They're in a Porsche. The dude with the blonde are in a Honda Civic. Oh, yeah. And I said, Civic drag racing a Porsche. Nice. And then it reminded me of Horrible Bosses where <laughs> the cops have them and say, what were you doing? Like driving fast. In your pri-. And he says, drag racing. In a Prius. And they said, you were drag racing in a Prius. <laughs> so I don't win a lot. <laughs> I, I don't win very much. Exactly. That's what I was thinking about. Like, what are you doing? The guy's in a Porsche. I don't care how tricked out your Civic is. What's the downside? If you lose this drag race, is she going to get out of the car and then run ahead? Those were the rules in the year 2000. If you challenged a dude in a car <laughs> to a race and he had a girl and you beat him in the race and the girl had to get out of the car and now she was your girl. That's just the rules. Whoa. That's how that works. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. What a misogynistic time. 21st century, man. Your favorite time. It's your favorite time, Zach? Your favorite time. My favorite time. I'm the one that's appalled. You're the one that's doing strangers and stuff like that. I do people I know, too. 13 down, 37 to go. 13 cars down, 37 to go as Gio pulls in the garage. But he led the cops there. They're starting to wipe down the wall. They grab the light. They grab the keys. Scott Kahn's dumbass breaks the black light as he tries to escape. And get hypnotized, please. Did you guys also notice how many cops? Because nominally the cop is following him because he was speeding or something. And then when they get to, they don't know the car is stolen or whatever. And then when they get to the warehouse, there's like a helicopter. There's like 12 cop cars showing up. Like I, I noticed that and I was like, huh. To be fair, there was a black guy in the car. That's true. There you go. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Also, the the soundtrack. Rocking beats. The Chemical Brothers, yeah. Did you just scat into Chemical Brothers? What happened there? He mixed Scatman John <laughs> with Chemical Brothers. <laughs> but isn't that what it is? About rocking beats. No, no, you just went two different songs. Rock, rock, and beats. Yeah, you, you do the beep, bop, 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 bop. You did that one, and, and back with another one that was Black Rock and Beats. Yeah. <laughs> detective Delroy and Detective Oliphant are surveying the garage. Big time detective expositions. Jesus Christ. Big time. Delroy, a.k.a. LeBron's dad. Oliphant, <laughs> a.k.a. 
I'm reading every one of my lines off a cue card. He wasn't great yet in this. Fresh-faced. Points out the Mercedes is unstealable. Yeah, unless you get the laser-cut transponder key sent directly to the U.S. dealer from Hamburg. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's on the inside. Maze said that, acted that better than he did. My man read that off of a cue card, I promise. No, that's a line from Delroy. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, racist. (laughs) Do you want to recant? (laughs) Well delivered by Delroy. (laughs) Maze, you suck. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Black History Month yet, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> They're impounding the cars for one month, even if they belong to, to Tom Cruise. And that's when Delroy notices the black light glass. Mm, check off shattered black light. Now we're Monday, 2.15 p.m. Nick Cage says control, vision, and determination are the three fundamental components of the new generation race car driver. Remember, the car is you. You are the car. Reveals it's talking to kids in go-karts. Tommy, I don't know what that was, but it wasn't driving. And that's when Will Patton, a.k.a. Atley, pulls up, asks if his pit crews are paid in Oreos and gummy bears. I mean, <laughs> I made the note that my dream is to be so good at something, I can retire somewhere in the middle of nowhere and then have people try to recruit me back to that thing I used to do. A common theme in many movies where it's like some dude was the best to ever do this at the height of his powers. He walked away, and then he goes and he moves to the middle of nowhere. They track him down to recruit him to do one last job. It's great. Yeah, I mean, that one last job for you will not be podcasting. All right, Cage says that he folded, and <laughs> Atley knows that. Atley goes into a character I like to call Ghost of Exposition Patty. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, man, we find out all about how Kip took a job. He fumbled it. He's jammed up. Big boost. Nick didn't know that he had graduated to a crew runner. The new job is for this guy named Kalitri, who they nicknamed the Carpenter. And let me tell you, the nickname of the Carpenter never comes back up. What was this? No, it comes back up right at the end. <laughs> very, in the most nonsensical blink if you didn't notice. He's literally a Carpenter. Remember in the final showdown, Nick Cage holds up a chair or something. And he's like, no, please don't. Please don't destroy that. Yeah, he was super horny for furniture. He respects wood. Yeah, he does. It's like, ooh, he's bad. They call him the carpenter. But it's like, no, it's not because he like uses tools to torture people. It's because he actually builds shit with wood. He's also running all the dark ponies down there now. It's a full-on devil came down to Long Beach trip. He's bad. He's real bad. I like that line. A real devil came down to Long Beach. I like that. I was amused at all of the ways they tried to make Kalitri sound like a real badass. Yeah. He's not. They tried so hard. They needed a better villain or a better actor for this. Atlee says that the carpenter even scares him. And then Cage just turns sideways. So we get a profile shot with Atlee worried in the background. And it's over. It's very artistic. (laughs) I dig that. Kip is handcuffed to a steering wheel. And a forklift picks up the car. And we're at Exeter Salvage and Steel. This is a very jerry bruckheimer location oh yeah i feel like all of his movies have like sparks and random flames all over the place oh my god yeah smokes coming out of pipes (laughs) people doing hard labor (laughs) (laughs) he meets memphis while uh bemoaning how boring baseball is and memphis's rep precedes him after he left auto theft in the south bay went down 47 percent. what some big numbers my next note (laughs) are they in a wood shop I was very confused at this point. He's the carpenter. I, well, I didn't have any. Come on. Duh. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that I did not pick up on that at all. <laughs> it's like, why is this guy walking through all this wood right now and talking about like, I like this one. This is a nice, 
Like, what's he talking about? Why why is this relevant? And it wasn't until Nando just said, Oh, he's the carpenter. Oh, I'm like, oh shit. That's right. <laughs> it's very much a blink and you'll miss it type of thing. You know, a little character detail about the villain who only comes in right at the beginning and right at the end. Yeah, if you blink for an hour and a half, it's gonna <laughs> just gonna skip you right by. <laughs> They've been thrown out of England, thrown out of France, but they're thriving in the US. He gives Memphis a list of 50 cars. And they, I hate your country. They need all 50 by 8 a.m. four days from now for $200,000. That doesn't sound like enough money to me. No. Yeah, $200,000 $200, for 50 luxury cars. That comes out to four grand per car. It's like less than 2%. One of them was an Escalade and a CTS. Not bad cars. Oh, hold on, hold on. Come on. That was when the Escalade first came out, though. So that was a really big deal, Zach. Like, the Escalade was a big deal in the year 2000. To America's. In the year 2000. Four grand per car. I did the math. I was like, so everyone working on this job was taking home 400 bucks per car stolen. That just doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would make you say, oh, quit your job as a driving instructor. And have a crew of, like, 37 people. So many people. <laughs> It's not worth it at all. They said two million, five million, whatever. I'm like, all right, you can divvy that up for four days' work, but two hundred thousand dollars, that's it. Yeah, each guy got paid like, yeah, five grand. Memphis just wants his brother. Kip was hired for ten thousand advance. Memphis gives it to him. And he doesn't want it. He wants the cars he promised to deliver. It's a humiliation if he can't deliver what he said he could. He says something, my friends down in Venezuela or something won't be very happy. Like he says South American friend, yes. He made it clear that the people he's selling to are some South American people who you do not want to mess with. No, not at all. Am I an arsehole? Do I look like an arsehole? Yeah. Memphis says, yeah, and then he throws the money in Memphis's face. He says he's retired. This guy loves woodworking. He made a coffin. It's his first one. It's meant for Kip. <laughs> the coffin was like the punchline to his threat. <laughs> I'm like... This fucking carpenter, man. Real on the nose there. You're fucking carpenter. The best part is that Atlee looks at Memphis Reigns and he has like this, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Look, <laughs> like he, he didn't get it at all. I was like, what do you mean? Like a coffin? What? Like he completely, it blew over his head. And he's looking at Nick Cage like, I guess he's just crazy. It takes 80,000 pounds of pressure to crush a car. And then he takes him out to Kip. Cage takes a gun from a dude as they start to crush the car. He pulls it on the carpenter. You've got 30 seconds to consider your options. Shut it off! One, you kill me, they kill you, your brother dies anyway. Two, you lie. You accept the job, you take your brother, you run. I hunt you down, I kill you, I kill your brother, and I kill your mother for the aggravation you've caused me. Three, you accept the deal. You steal some cars, you make some money, and you be a big brother. He's British. Option one. And did not sound British. Option two. He's using his own natural accent, by the way, which is... <laughs> Option three. <laughs> Option three. This movie has a villain problem. The only thing that he's got on him is that he's going to kill his brother, but then he lets his brother go? Right, you just get out of town. He threatens also to kill his family. Take the mom with you. Yeah. That's not... <laughs> No, the, it, it is a serious villain problem because he doesn't like up the stakes at any point you know what he doesn't have i mean leverage <laughs> leverage he takes the job 72 hours until the cars have to be delivered kip is making breakfast and kip is a horrible cook he spills half a salt bottle in there he pours beer was he cooking eggs yeah he's cooking eggs other than penne alavaca i've never done like 
alcohol in my food. That's where Amin eats pasta and just drinks vodka. That's what. He- That's yeah. where he <laughs> drinks vodka through a penne as a straw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. All right, Memphis puts out a kitchen fire for him, which is a metaphor. I'm supposed to believe <laughs> that they not even know each other, but they're brothers because there is no chemistry between these two right now. Kitchen's on fire. Yeah, Giovanni Ribisi's look is also just perfect to just like the slick back hair and yeah, the goatee so is just a very like that guy is a criminal in the year 2000 he's a great actor well he's a scientologist so yeah. oh is he? oh yeah big time. why are they all good actors isn't that a thing that's how you get ahead elizabeth moss she's a scientologist she's a good what? actor yeah wow yeah giovanni rubisi i mean i, I just rewatched avatar oh my god <laughs> giovanni rubisi's performance in avatar like it, the script is like very very bad and his dialogue is always very like expository and bad but he like sells it so hard that it actually kind of like I'm, i was like impressed i was like yeah Giovanni Ruiz is a good actor yeah he was good in pocahontas <laughs> yeah the uh, <laughs> texas are pressing a dude named fuzzy all he knows is the delivery date they want a name in 48 hours this dude will show up once more really doesn't add anything to the story fuzzy memphis shows up to a diner where his mom works he brings her flowers cops see him there and radio to like a firecracker like your son. Calbeck just walked in the cafe. Mom says that Kip met some people and it changed. He lost that sweetness. And I love this exchange. That actress is Laura Palmer's mom in Twin Peaks. Oh, that's right. When he walks in, there are two cops. One of them like picks up the phone and says, tell so-and-so he'll never believe who just walked in. And I said, wouldn't it be more straight to the point as a cop to tell him this is who walked in rather than play this guessing game through a third party? Through a third party. It's not even like, yo, Delroy Lindo, guess who just walked in? It's like, yo, when you talk to Delroy Lindo, let him know. Guess who just walked in? There's nothing I hate more than someone going, you'll never guess what I did. Guess. I'm just like, Jay, why, did you, why don't you just tell me? Oh, you mean like a, like a mean last episode? Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? Which Sam Jackson movie did my friend recommend that we do? Because you got, I wanted you guys to guess the one we were actually reviewing at the time. I thought that was pretty straightforward. Okay. Tell me. How deep in is he? Deep. Can you get him out? It means doing things. Things I told you I'd never do again. Sexual tension like a motherfucker. What? How deep is how what? deep is he? Deep. No, I mean these is a mother and son. Ever heard of a guy named Oedipus? Yeah. <laughs> Ever heard of him? You know what, Nando? You give that man the respect he deserves. He wasn't Oedipus. He was Oedipus Rex. King among kings. (laughs) But yes, there was a very sensual conversation between a mother and her son about her other son being in too deep and how can you get him out. I promise this isn't the vibe. Things I said I'd never do again. That is textbook sexual tension. You're watching a Bruckheimer film. This isn't Pornhub. Bruckheimer film. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Memphis walks out, and Oliphant and Delroy are waiting for him. They are quick. Said he's in town for a Lakers game. Heard they got Shaquille. They want to go? Guess not. <laughs> Delroy tells him uh, some blabbering conversation he had with a cop. It, he lost is... a bet. He's pissed off about it. He does that thing where he's like, there was this job that I busted and whatever, and it, it smelled like you, but it didn't have your, I don't know, sense of style or something. Panache. Yeah, your panache. Yeah. Before that, he does let him know that like, man, now, see, now I got to go back to my wife and, and now you're giving, giving me problems because I got to explain to her how I lost $200 on a dumb bet. And then Timothy Oliphant says, yeah, yeah, Timothy Oliphant. she's mean. <laughs> and he's like, what? what? 
<laughs> I wrote, they're definitely not getting a radio show. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> it is the most inside joke ever. It's so inside. Literally, there's only one other person in the world who gets this joke. And it's Zach. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> not arresting Memphis was the bug up my ass. <laughs> yeah, there's some banter here. Oh, God. He threatens to put him away for good. Delroy Lindo, historically, the greatest. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to say he is the greatest at threatening someone while smiling. Oh, he's yeah, he's fantastic at it. Also, he's got an all-time incredulous look. Yes, because it's also a smile. He does that thing where he blinks when he's incredulous. Like, what would you just say to me? And he's blinking, you yeah, know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Every time you get out, asshole, there won't even be cars. I'll be cruising around in your little spaceships. <laughs> That's going to suck. <laughs> he is... <laughs> horrible in this movie. <laughs> I thought he was baked. He sounded high out of his he mind. He did sound high out of I'm his mind. I'm telling you, if you watch him in this and then go watch him in The Mandalorian, literally like, anything else. How how is this the same person? If I were him, I'd say that was Josh Duhamel. <laughs> how did he get offered Dominic Toretto off of this? <laughs> we find out that Eleanor mentioned is his prized possession, the one that he needs the most. And don't talk about my wife. Memphis comes to see Robert Duvall and his Mustache mullet combo while also being bald is insane. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Robert Duvall got every job as dad or granddad or old role model. He's also got a dog eating a license plate and uh, he's playing car sounds on a boombox that. This feels like a terrible hobby. Memphis brings up Kalitri. Raymond Kalitri. He's a jackal tearing at the soft underbelly of our, of our fair town. That's good writing. And he's an idiot to boot, so be careful. Is Duvall supposed to be his dad? No, no, his dad died. Mentor. The guy who taught him how to chop cars. Steal cars, yeah. If dad was still alive they'd still be working at the dealership oh that's right it's the same part that colombo played in next <laughs> okay all right now now it's all come together which is not his dad just old man that <laughs> just an old man he hangs out with hangs out in a car garage he reiterates 50 cars in three days just one in his crew so far they need time to prep and time to shop memphis says it was a mistake to go there doesn't want to upset his great life. And that's when Duvall says he'll make some phone calls. Mm. Chai McBride is Donnie. Oh my God, this scene. This is racist. This was spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> this was just... Problematic? Mwah, perfect in every way. He's a driving instructor and there's an Asian woman as a terrible driver. And my next note is, wow, they really went for this joke, huh? You can't negotiate turns. You can't signal properly. You can't maintain speed. You can't parallel park. Hell, you can't drive, honey. Shit, I can't swim. I know I can't. So you know what I do? I stay my black ass out the pool. Racism? Double racism making equality? I'm so confused. Yeah, the racisms cancel each other out. It's like a math formula. You know, when you have two of them mm -hmm. clashing against each other, then it then it's equal. You know, it doesn't count. Her squeal screams while trying to cry will haunt me forever. All right, now, just... I hate people cry for attention. She did the little, you're not paying attention to me, so I'm going to cry a little harder. Eh, she did that. I didn't really appreciate that. But 
Guys, do you want to know what my actual one note from this scene was? Oh, boy. She drives like Helen Hunt. The flashbacks are un- unparalleled when they double down right here, and she backs out into traffic, immediately hitting someone. Oh, boy. Memphis calls. Donnie's in. He leaves the driver who gets in a wreck immediately after about three feet. A lot of the list is either busy or unavailable, or one guy answers the phone while he's fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Frankie Fish got scragged, whatever the fuck that means. This is called the getting the band back together montage. You son of a bitch, I'm in. Usually in the getting bang back together montages, you need like roles. Like that guy's good at explosives. Like that guy is a really good driver or whatever. They don't have them in this movie because like they don't really show you how to steal cars. Kip's crew does. They have roles. Yeah, they have that moment. So is that a very 21st century bitch? No, 21st century ma'am. Ma'am, sorry. Okay. 20th century bitch. We could do everything. It's called being a well-rounded car thief, right? I could dribble, pass, and shoot. 21st century ma'am. Well, well, I'm a shooter. People play the game the right way, you know? (laughs) Fundamentals, they got them all down. Bulletooth Tony works in a morgue. Apparently he can't talk, but he answers the phone, has to push a button to let him know that uh, (laughs) he understands. He is... In his fucking prime, dude. I love Bullet Tooth Tony. Oh, he's fantastic. You know, he was a professional soccer player. What? Vinny Jones, yeah. Was like in the Premier League. He was kind of like what, what in hockey, like, you know, an enforcer in hockey. Who was- a goon. He was a goon. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Dude, they should get him on Ted Lasso. Oh, that'd be great. They should. I mean, it's it's a crime that he's not in it. Cage rolls up to Angelina Jolie as she's working on a car. My next note, file. She's fantastic. She's just an all-timer. <laughs> the hottest girl of all time. The platinum blonde and the blue contacts are doing it for you right now? Oh, my God. This is my favorite version of Angelina Jolie. She was like 24, too. I'm going to make you real uncomfortable right here. Go for it. When she first pulled out from under the car, <laughs> I thought it was Michelle Beadle. I was like, what wow. is Beetle? Do- oh, oh, wow. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> That's not, that doesn't, why does that make me uncomfortable? I barely know Beetle. That's your friend. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm uncomfortable now. <laughs> yeah. <Thank you. laughs> She's got to leave for her other job, which is a bartender. He stalks her and just joins her up at the bar. I mean, this is what tension is like. This is tension, right? Oh, yeah. I didn't feel any tension in the scene. He says that she looks amazing. She says he looks like a Bible salesman. He goes, you're healed in a very awkward oh, way. Oh, my yeah. God, I love that. <laughs> so the weird. little Hitler salute, too? <laughs> yes, but I felt like that was very realistic because if you knew a really hot girl, and you were trying to make her comfortable and she said that to you, you would probably say something like, oh, yeah, I'm funny. I made a joke off of what you said, but with zero of the confidence of someone who's like confident in that scenario. I appreciated that. I thought that was pretty good acting. I'd be willing to bet almost all the money that I have that that line that you're healed was an ad lib and wasn't in the original script. Has to be. Oh, definitely. You know, that that was just like Cage being like, I'm going to try something here, okay? I'm just going to try something in the scene, okay? Let me, let me do this. And then he just and he just does that. And Whoa. Director, Hold on a damn minute. That's a really good Nicolas Cage. <laughs> What? <laughs> Fucking 50 minutes into this thing. You're just now pulling this out? Yeah. What am I telling this story for? You should be just going <laughs> line by line. Doing the Nick Cage. <laughs> My next note, she's a terrible bartender. Awful. She's drinking before the other guys are drinking. Just ignoring the patrons. Cage buys a dude's drink, walks out, and that's when Master Fucking P rolls up on Memphis outside the bar. Oh, shit. Get out of Long Beach tonight. He should have gotten the 50 car order. Then he punches Memphis, and I wrote, he kind of hits like a bitch because Memphis just ate it. Master Exposition swings on him. (laughs) 
<laughs> then Memphis hits him, hits another dude. They finally gang up on him, and that's when a window breaks on Masterpiece's car. It's Bullet Tooth Tony. Sphinx. He lights a rag in the gas tank. The car explodes. He walks up. He clocks two guys. He wrecks two more guys. <laughs> he hits another one. More cars explode for no reason. The scene's over. Three cars explode. <laughs> Were those an accident, or did they actually mean to blow those cars up? The first explosion. Explosion triggered the other explosions. But I kind of felt bad for someone who was inside the bars. Like, Man, I've had a long day. Can I get? Can I get a Miller Lite? I can't even get and a drink it, from this this bartender. And it's like by a shipyard, longshoreman. You hear a and then you hear like oh, and then you run outside and they're like my 1992 Toyota uh, Celica <laughs> just up in flames. <laughs> my Mitsubishi Lancer is gone. Yeah. I knew I should have gotten the fucking insurance renewed this month. <laughs> Memphis tells Kip he never did it for the money. He did it for the cars. Gleaming in marina blue, sunfire yellow, marble red, begging to be plucked. <laughs> yeah, th- there's sexual tension between him and these cars. Memphis Reigns has definitely fucked one of these cars before, right? Masterpiece gang. A plus plus on diversity hires. Very diverse. Oh my god. Oh my god. So they got a white guy. They got an Asian guy. They got a Hispanic guy. He's the leader. He's the black guy. Like they would absolutely be the darling. It's woke. Yeah, super woke ahead of their time. But then as we transition to this new scene, we get the soundtrack playing a song where the guy says, "I'm gonna call the doctor. I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna run to the priest." And those are all the notes I wrote about that song. I, <laughs> I was very impressed. Well, I'm glad we brought that to a screeching halt. All right. Kip says he didn't know his brother anymore. Cage says he'll hit the wall and the same thing will happen to Kip. Why is Rubisi talking like Ray Liotta and Goodfellas? Great question. We had to do what we had to do. We took what we wanted. It wasn't really a thing. I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Kip, not that smart. No. No. Kip's a real, real dum-dum. Real dum-dum. Governor's Regional Auto Theft Bureau, which I guess is a thing. And I wrote, does Olafan have an accent he's trying to do or trying to hide? I noticed that as well. It's like he start, he breaks into a southern accent out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, yeah. It's funny to see him this bad. Bad, I mean, he's really terrible. Donnie and Memphis are going over the list. Shelby's on there. He mentions Eleanor as Kip and his young squad roll up. Kip and Memphis are screaming at each other over the cars, the money, mom. You inconsiderate little punk. But then Robert Duvall talks, talks some sense into him. Pulls him aside, tells him to consider it. Can't be done without him. They need the help. LeVar Burton is called Mirror Man, and he's got the gadgets. Memphis wants to know if they have any skills. We got a gadget guy. We got a driver. We got a computer genius. He can hack into the DMV mainframe. Freb can order pizzas. Yeah. Yeah. Miguel from Independence Day can order pizzas. <laughs> Why the fuck is this dude in the crew, especially if he's an awful actor? Just get him out of the movie. Of the same Duvalls? No, they're not related. Wow. I thought I, the whole time I just thought he was his son. Dealer gave him the keys the other day to a dude built like a boxer. That's Scott Kahn. Duvall says to boost all 50 in one night. Put all your nuts in one basket, okay? Kip says no. Play shadow games. Memphis says one night avoids the heat. The exotics are going to be a problem. Khan says he has laser cut keys covered for the Mercedes. Donnie is at the DMV to get a list of drivers for these cars. He sees Guess the, who's back? The driving student who failed her test. Is that like a thing you could just get? I thought that was a little suspicious. You just walk yeah. in and they hand you all these records. Yeah, it's like, here's the addresses of all these cars. $5 each. Oh, man, it used to be $2. It's like, <laughs> But for 20 names, that's, you know. 
a lot. Highly doubt that the DMV just volunteers that information. Cage is with the Ferrari dealer, and he's really mouth-banging these sunglasses here. My name's Roger, sir. May I be of some help? That's funny. My name's Roger. Two Rogers don't make a riot. <laughs> Roger, I have a problem. Yes. I've been in L.A. for three months now. I have money. I have taste. But I'm not on anybody's A-list, and Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week for me. Well, a Ferrari would certainly change that. Perhaps. Hmm. But you know, this is the one. Yes. Yes, yes. I saw three of these parked outside the local Starbucks this morning, which tells me only one thing. There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city with too much bloody money. Now, if I was driving a 1967 275 GTB4 cam, you would not be a self-indulgent wiener, sir. It would be a connoisseur. Precisely. Champagne would fall from the heavens, doors would open, velvet robes would part. I quoted this scene word for word when it happened. And then, like, I haven't <laughs> seen this movie in 20 years, but I remembered basically every exchange in the scene. My said, name is Roger, too. Two Rogers don't make a ride, huh? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've been waiting to be in the room with two Rogers before just to deliver that line. Yeah. I've been waiting <laughs> yeah. 21 fucking years for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dealer has it in a warehouse. What else do you have in the warehouse? I also use the word superb, which I don't hear a lot. Detectives have a tip on the boxer looking guy picking up the keys of the dealership. Then everyone's at the docks going over the plan with the containers. Angelina pulls up on a motorcycle. Scott Cotton pulls for the keys. Gets dined out. They follow him to Memphis Warehouse, setting up surveillance. Duval and Cage give the cars female names for code over the radio waves. Now they're scouting all the locations. Bullet Tooth Tony and LeVar Burton get teamed up in a really weird odd couple pairing there. Yep. Diversity. Well, you get it's the one guy who talks a lot and the one guy who can't talk. It's like a reverse Penn and Teller situation. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Wow. The small guy talks all the time. Like Jay and Silent Bob. When this is over, I'm going to smoke a joint, watch two hours of Roots. I wish I would LeVar Burton. With LeVar Burton, and I'm going to kick your ass. That's what every black person does every day. Wait, he actually said that line, by the way? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Wait, Maze, you called him LeVar Burton, like... Off the glasses. And then he paid it off. I was thrilled at this development. Maze, I would have made a much bigger deal of this. You're right. Clip that! Maze wins that round. Maze is right. They're playing TV car trivia over the radio as they scout. It's just fun, you know? Just naming cars from famous TV shows, so much fun. Detectives are surveilling one of the cars. Memphis takes a pic of the car and drives off. They'll be back. They save the Shelby for his unicorn. It's Eleanor. No matter how many times he tries to boost it, something always happens. What's a unicorn? Freb, of course, doesn't know what a unicorn is. What's a unicorn? I was born in the 1200s or whatever. I was like, what? <laughs> when would you have to be alive to not know what a unicorn is? They had unicorns back then. Uh, even then. Like, they were, even then. Dude is worthless. Cage is molesting this car, by the way. We're just going to glide. The GT500. Also, <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor. Shout out to Nando's Nick Cage, by the way. It's, it's just, fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to clip in any of the clips. We just need Nando to deliver the lines. <laughs> Kip and Memphis drive back. Master P ambushes them and they unload on the car. Memphis says he wants to get a chocolate malt before the gunfire breaks out. They escape under a fence. Chase is on. Cage drops in a kiddie pool. Kip falls in a dog cage. There's a goon that obliterates a chicken coop with a shotgun. And there are feathers everywhere. Oh, yeah. They escape into a garage and out the back. They roll up to a burger joint. Master P sits in the parking lot and the cops are there. You think it's a game? Memphis says, look, cop car. As long as I'm in there, you're just going to sit out there. I, I, I what, racist. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. 
It's so good. Kip hooks up a masterpiece card to a semi truck. Memphis gets the guy distracted as he does it. Then he leaves and rips the front of the car completely off. Cops come out and pull guns on them for having guns. Now we're 24 hours to the deadline. The pizza dude stole a car that wasn't on the list to prove himself. So to take a break from planning to steal cars all day, this dude steals a car. Yeah. And he's not even part of the crew that steals the cars. But he's trying to be. He's trying to prove himself. This fucking idiot. I don't know which what's dumber is this guy stealing the car or Giovanni Ribisi racing the dude with the girlfriend at the beginning of the movie. I don't know what move. Like this is like very much like a get off my like old like whoever wrote this movie is very much like hates young people is like thinks they're all like idiots. Oh, these dumb kids are doing this stuff, right? Use. There's heroin in the trunk. They say it was planted as Delroy rolls up to the spot. They hide everything as he's let in. Some heroin's on the ground, and Donnie moves his foot over it. Delroy notices the 83 Cadillac Eldorado out of place, runs the tags. It's clean so far because that hasn't been reported stolen yet. Mm. They get him to get in the car and rev the engine. It blows away the heroin on the ground. And that's when Robert Duvall gives such a great fake laugh after you break it you buy it and it is i that is great acting right there oh uh, they're all kissing his ass it's so fantastic stick around we're gonna make s'mores and sing kumbaya <laughs> this is like the great scene you know this is the scene in the movie where it's like it just shows that the criminal and the law enforcement officer are just two sides of the same coin they both <laughs> just love cars love cars you can bond over anything it's great yeah <laughs> superman they got the call sides and ships <laughs> God says he's gonna bonk him with a lead pipe memphis removes their decision making privileges cut bait tonight if anything's out of place kip tells the computer guy he doesn't get to go with them They've got the the young black guy teaching the old black guy about new fingerprints, and he says he's like a... A little ghetto smurf. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Somehow felt racist. <laughs> it seems to me like ghetto smurf's tactic of getting around leaving fingerprints is a lot more complicated than, say, wearing rubber gloves. Or any type of glove, really, you know? <laughs> Leather gloves work. <laughs> Fucking mittens from Bernie Sanders would be more practical. Memphis gets his leather jacket and his tools out of retirement. He goes, I am a bad man. He wears the fuck out of that leather jacket, by the way. Yeah. That's a great look for him. But isn't he wearing a leather jacket when he pulls the leather jacket out? Yeah, but this is his car stealing leather jacket. I don't think I've ever seen one of those leather jackets in the wild, like in real life. You know, they've only exist in movies. With the duster? Like a leather blazer. Oh, Oh, Nando, let me take you to a land called 1998. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what a mean had a pleather one. Well, yeah, I did. <laughs> well, I guess in Miami, it was too hot to wear that. So you, even in 1998, they couldn't wear it. Keep it real. Think slow. We should get through it just fine. Lowrider starts playing. And mm. this iconic scene, the GIF everyone knows. It's just, this is a cinematic moment. And I don't even give a fuck about this song. I don't care. But this this scene makes the whole movie for me he says okay let's ride yeah it's the almost famous tiny dancer version oh, my, my, 
Those were almost the words. 12 hours to the deadline. Gadget guy opens the garage with <laughs> bullet tooth Tony. Angelina does her uh, hot Angelina thing. They're popping locks. They're firing cars up. They're getting these cars ready to drive out. She's doing all the work. The movie doesn't explain how to steal cars unless you just have a variety of random devices that like go and just like stick into a keyhole or into <laughs> right. a... You know, there's like five different ones. She uses a different tool yeah. on each Ferrari. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't know if she has this like all in one black and decker thing. Like I don't know what the hell yeah. she's using, but everything everything works. They get Diana, Trisha, Nadine, and Rose. They're all on the way. They get loaded up into the shipping container. Car blocks the detective staking out the Mercedes. There are ten hours left. Donnie says he robs from the rich and gives to the needy. And he's a brother who needs his car. Feels like Robin Hood. Shout out to Money Plane. The young black guy steals a car as a valet. Shout out to Dr. Kelso making a cameo yeah, as Dr. the douche Kelso. tipping him with two quarters. Oh, I thought that was Ben Scully. Oh, Jesus. Donnie and Miguel almost get carjacked. Yeah, man, that was as easy as pie. I'm a veteran, son. Get out of the car, bitch. I'll blow your brains out. You gotta be shitting me. I will shoot you, damn it. Damn. You lazy half-ass bitch. Any asshole can pull a gun on somebody. You don't know the first thing about stealing a cock. What? You need a role model. And then Donnie beats his ass, yells at him that he needs a role model, doesn't know the first thing about stealing a car. And then we get a car-stealing montage. Oh, so many months. Did, did this movie, first of all, what two things. One, did this movie break the record for most montages on, on cinema? <laughs> No, 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 no. We we'll um, have more montages in this. <laughs> oh, fuck. The frequency of the montages was just out of this world. This entire, like, stealing all the cars sequence is basically one big montage. The whole movie's a montage. The other question I had was, if you think about it. Oh, boy. Let me compose myself here. You want me to throw a note in here or you got it? Oh, no, no, you know what? Go ahead. I just wrote that I couldn't tell if this scene with the, their name and all the cars that are coming in it felt either like dmx or mambo number five i couldn't figure it out oh it was definitely mambo number five a little bit of eleanor in my life and i like to go with pd pablo lisa lucy chanda katrina stealing cars what was mickey mouse doing at the end there what was that <laughs> yeah that was prickly i mean disney paid for this movie so all right, Cage is back for the car and senses the detectives watching him. The Spidey sense. It's so good. He notices that they moved. It's just how good he is, man. He's a, he's a tape grinder. Angelina drives him away. They're being tailed. He stops Donnie, tells him that the ladies are dirty. Walk away. The ladies are dirty. In between all this code, he says, come back to the garage where we're doing all of our illegal shit, where the cop has already come and visited us once. What are you doing? It reminds me of uh, the scene from Horrible Bosses 2. They're like, oh, that's a great idea, Nick. Over the airwaves. I was like, wish you'd stop yeah. using my name. He's like, oh, yeah, that's using the old Hendrix, bl- Hendrix yeah. brain. He goes, oh, there's and my last there's, name. And there's my last name. <laughs> <laughs> so they lose the tail in the driveway. Uh, Memphis and everybody with eight hours left realize the dealership guy gave them up. They need to find a way to get all 50. Computer guy reminds them they have the keys from the police impound stash of cars. We're going to get hectic. Then the dog eats the keys. They're going to go get Alpo Je- and X-Lax. Jesus Christ. There was no need for this. Jesus. Classic dog ate my homework gag. Why not? The stakes were already high. Well, you needed to bring in the Latins. You know, you needed to bring in the Latin game. Oh, that's true. This, yeah. is, this is how you do it. Jesus. Like, this whole angle 
The dog eating the keys. It's unnecessary. The go get X-Lax to feed the dog. The go walk the dog so it can shit out the keys. You see how big those keys were? That dog's asshole was about to get ran through worse than goddamn Helen Hunt's sister on fucking Kiss of Death. Jesus. On top of all of that, then as Nando points out, now we're going to introduce... More racist stereotypes. Like, what are you doing, S.A., walking on our turf, bro? You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but we had to get Michael Pena. Michael Pena letting us know that his barrio is not beneath you. I'm like, what are we doing here? Why was any of this necessary? Come on, dog. What's wrong, Hemi? Poop, dog. The guy from the docks tells the detectives about Kalitri's order and Kip's trouble. Every time you say Kalitri, I think of Khaleesi. I'm sorry. The carpenter. We just call him the carpenter. Carpenter of dragons. You had to had to point that out. Well, I mean, I let you say it like five times before I actually pointed it but out. The, but eventually you had to. I'm just saying that like that's a lot of restraint. Did you notice, Zach, how he said he let you say it? Right. He let <laughs> me. Times. Before he had to say it. That's a good word before choice he there. Had to jump in. Angelina tells Memphis they're in a girl car because it's got matching lipstick in the center console. The next time she'll pull out the high heels, the leather, and the pink underwear for him. What kind of girl drives a 71 Dodge Hemi? <laughs> Your Nick Cage is terrifying. It's It's terrifying. Yeah, what kind of girl wears pink underwear? (laughs) They're about to steal a Lambo, and that's when uh, they got to wait it out because the owner's about to fuck and can see the car from the window. Oh, yeah. She asked Memphis if he's seen anybody. He says he had a girl once, and she was great. Well, if she was great, why'd he leave her? It's her. Get it? It's like that uh, Vertical Horizon song. He's really talking about himself and her. Oh, wow. Wow. He asked her to come with him, but that would have to be a different person. I am everything I want. I am everything yeah. I mean. That's, that's, that's how that song, there's a little twist at the end of that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a reversal. That's a tactic I've turned to many a time. Mm. When girls ask me like, oh, you, you talked to anyone interesting lately? Like, there was one girl, but she was, and, I, and I'll say something about them. Oh, works every time. Shout out to Nick Cage. I didn't even know I got it from you. She couldn't slow down. She wasn't ready. She's straight now because it wasn't the same without him. And I wrote sex position. Hey. Yes. <laughs> There's a sex position coming up, actually. There's, There's a tap on Kalitri, Khaleesi's phone for murder from homicide. <laughs> Who cares about Grand Theft Auto? Let's argue about jurisdiction. Why not? What's more exciting, having sex or boosting cars? Having sex. Oh, I'm sorry. Nando, will you please? How about having sex while stealing cars? There it is! That's a a good delivery, and that's a good line. Now they're going to fuck in the car. He's just naming car terms, and I think fingering her. I can't, I don't really know what was going on there. Oh, right, because the, uh... Because it gets in the way. Because you you wouldn't want to disrupt the, uh, synchro mash, right? Or the throttle linkage. Clutch master cylinder. Overhead camshaft. I can't do this. Just straight in one six. Triple Weber carburetors bolted to each other's body structures. Well, it's time to work. Good brakes. Good brakes, too. <laughs> the Navy guards are, that was like their sex thing back when they were together is like they would just turn each other on. God, the amount of expertise you would have to have about a fucking car engine just to get with her. Like, that seems not, I don't know. So good. The couple goes away from the window. Now it's time to work. As two young guys uh, try to get uh, the dog to shit, 
That's when the the Mexican guys roll up on them. So you just get a little more racism in there. They get the keys <laughs> basically without conflict. There was really no need for right. it. Just say we got the keys. Yeah, they were just like, oh, bro, that's gross. He's, he's touching the dogs. You guys are sick. It's so gross. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. yeah. Come on, let's get the fuck out of here. These guys are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Six hours until the deadline. That's when the young black guy dresses up like Rick James and distracts the impound lock guy. We got a countdown to six hours left, even though already – Earlier, somebody said there was six hours left, and then, like, a couple scenes happened. <laughs> they saw into the gate. They locate the Mercedes. So fucking easy. Why were they even tripping about this at all? They distract one security guard and break into impound. Did you guys notice the sign, by the way, during this scene? Yes. The sign says, do not leave your thing unattended. If so, it will be gone in 60 seconds. And I said, ah! Ah, they wrote it. They wrote it. <laughs> Castlebeck finds out the shards of glass were, were black lights. He puts two and two together. They just jet over to Long Beach real quick to check out the warehouse, find the list on the wall. I noticed that too, like, because they're in downtown, right? Downtown LA. And they're like, yeah, it's ping ponging back and forth from downtown to LA to Long Beach over and over again. By the way, that's not close. No, very, very not close. Jesus Christ. Well, LA traffic would destroy their timeline for this movie alone. I'm going to tell you right now, Maze, even without traffic, that's not a fucking like five second jaunt. They find the list on the wall. They're going to concentrate on the rarest cars and hope to get lucky that Shelby GT is what they'll concentrate concentrate on because he's afraid of it both tooth tony steals a hummer with snake on the license plate i wrote is there any reason for this detail ah yes there is while listening to dmx a big ass snake is in the car snake gonna have to slither his ass all the way to the bus stop in the morning causes him to scrape the car gets noticed by the cops he crashes forward into the cop car the guy's yelling snake is in my ass they get away he stops to calmly swipe his ticket though before they leave the garage well he also like crashes the car a bunch getting out vanessa and bernadine are in that's 48 cars two hours left yes scott con and uh, kip are lost in suburbia rental cops try to stop them one shoots at him computer dude gets shot they're escaping they bring the suv and he's being taken to a private doctor atley's driving kip's going with them atley will take care of kip tell me really fucked the shit up by the way time for eleanor they're casually heading back to Long Beach to catch Memphis. Really going back and forth there. Angelina is worried about Eleanor in Memphis. If she takes care of him, he'll take care of her. And the detectives are on it with him. Car chase now. Angelina blocks him off, giving him a little lead time. You get some cop chase banter. That's terrible. Keep your pants on. <laughs> Cops are converging on him. He flies down an alley but gets slowed by a garbage truck throws it in reverse right at delroy's car before flinging it through a garage lots of huge trucks all over the place lots of alleys saved by a semi still in reverse smiles at a kid drives normal again car avoids him he hits a parked car by the way these are all parts i didn't get to oh okay i don't know if it's the movie picked up after i stopped watching or is this like just a case of this movie sounds amazing when you describe it by description Versus watching it. Describe it by descriptions. Um, so <laughs> Submissions by submitting. Submit it. Pro podcast, one of the best podcasters in America. One day I'm going to disappear and you guys are going to beg me to come back. <laughs> no, we did that. And you came back for after. <laughs> yeah, you already quit. Yeah, you quit already on us. <laughs> They're going down a one-way street. It's him and a cop car next to him. And then there's a car coming on there's like a uh, like a jeep or like a forerunner or something coming at them and so this guy this forerunner avoids it goes off to the side hits a parked car but this isn't in the scene i don't know if you guys notice this in the background the parked car that gets hit goes forward and smokes a pedestrian it's just in the background 
Like, I don't know if that accidentally happened. I don't know if that was supposed to. And there's, they had a shot of it elsewhere and they just never cut to it in the edit. But somebody gets smoked by that parked car. I did not notice it, actually. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, the bus smokes a cop car as he flies into another alley. Delroy can't believe it, dude. He is shocked. Also, he stops to make sure the dude's okay. Keep driving. What are you doing? That's what you got sirens and radios for. Somebody else come check this guy out. Yeah, we got the uh, your typical uh, L.A. River car chase scene. He's doing 90. Oh, yeah. Helicopter and cop cars everywhere. And then he hits the Nas. Oh, 140 man. i wrote he's going fast and furious 150 160 he's gone <laughs> i can't believe they did it in this movie well he outruns a helicopter which is that like possible yeah i guess i have no concept of how fast an helico- helicopter can go well they can just fly above right yeah they can cut corners i guess is the yeah you can cut all the corners Oliphant is impressed by Memphis driving. Man, this guy can drive. Man, this guy can drive. <laughs> it's like that Joe Biden. Do you guys see that yeah. Joe Biden ad? <laughs> yeah. We were talking about. I was like, man, my my dad could drive a car. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just him moving back and forth in a driveway. <laughs> it's like a green Mustang in Eleanor. Yeah. Atley is talking exit strategy for Kip. Kip doesn't abandon his friends like his brother does. And that's when Atley wants to smack him silly. Tells him what really happened. Mom told him to go. If he stayed, Kip would walk his line. He follows her orders. So fucking stupid. All the motivation in this movie is terrible. He's real passive aggressive too. Just be direct. 25 minutes left. Cage is trying to find a route back. Avoids a cop car. Knocks a side mirror loose on Eleanor. Car engine stalls out. And he says, I need you, Eleanor. I need you now. Starts back up. We're back in pursuit. He's entered a shipyard. All kinds of massive equipment getting in the way. This obstacle course shipyard that we get into. Jerry Bruckheimer special. But my note was, but there's a helicopter. How can he, how can he lose them? <laughs> there's a helicopter. <laughs> well, they, that's coming up. Hits the end of the pier, comes back. Massive propane tank goes flying for some reason. <laughs> just like out. a torpedo, just crashing into shit. Yeah, it takes out three cop cars. And there's a wrecking ball. Cop SUV takes out a wrecking ball, and the detectives check on him, too. They stop and check on him. Olivet says, are you all right? Are you sure? Because you just went through a wall. <laughs> Memphis stuck on a bridge, sees a tow truck ramp. Cops are closing in. They pull guns on him. Then he floors it, and fuck your physics. He clears that traffic. This is the Johnny Blaze moment. He gives the phew look on his face and it's amazing great facial reaction for the end detectives can't believe it and he lost the helicopter by going into a tunnel under the airport and then there's oh, some like, yeah, radio yeah, yeah, chatter yeah. about like oh you can't fly over this airport and then he's just on the bridge instantly yeah he went through lax crew is wondering where memphis is it's 8 a.m phone's ringing Kalitri calls atley 49 cars in not 50 time to bring kip in and settle this and atley lies and says that kip evaded him Either Kip or Memphis will do. When it rains, it pours. <laughs> this fucking clown of a villain, dude. What did he do to this expression? It never rains, but it pours? Like, his complexion wasn't great. So, like, complexion. I could say, yeah, like, Nicolas Cage's. So, it, it never rains, but there are so many pores on your face, bro, that you gotta, you gotta handle that. No? Okay. They can't all be winners. I get it. Like, you know what? It was, a, it was a chance. I threw the Hail Mary. It got intercepted. It happens. They deny Memphis access with Eleanor. Dust yourself off and just keep on moving. Because he's late, this seems unnecessary. He parks Eleanor. Memphis is mad over 12 minutes. I just stole 50 cars for you in one night. 
All right, I'm a little tired, I'm a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation. That was Nick Cage really letting letting the Nick Cage out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Kalitri criticizes the quality of the car, so he must not have seen the one with bullet holes in it or the Hummer <laughs> that smashed through the cop car. <laughs> Kalitri says it's 49 and a half cars. Well, let's say it's worth 80. Take 80 from 200 and we're even. Yeah, it's like, little body work is fine. It's great, you know. <laughs> Kalitri says it's done, finished. Hits him with brass knuckles. Time to kill him, shred the car. Detectives are heading to Kalitri to, to hell with homicide. Eleanor gets crushed. Unicorn. Unicorn. As he's about to get shot, Atlee distracts the goons. Kip takes him out with a giant claw. The <laughs> <Yeah>. claw! <laughs> It's your shipyard shit. They've used every single piece of heavy machinery that you can use in this movie. Memphis starts kicking the shit out of Kalitri. Biggest mistake he made was trying to kill him. Kalitri's horny for the wood. Oh, Just yeah. horny for that furniture. Oh my God. Cage breaks the chair he made, pulls a gun. He's chasing Memphis now. Detectives are there. Kalitri hears Cage running, almost shoots him. Cage starts to fall off a walkway. He's holding on. Kalitri hears a pipe fall from Delroy. Sick pull up by Memphis. Oh, incredible, incredible strength. Kalitra runs uh, runs up to Delroy. He says, kill him and his life is over. He says, other way around. Funeral be on the telly. Everybody out there, pressed and dressed. Guard of honor, 21 gun salute. Stars and stripes on your coffin. Memphis runs up, oh, kicks man. him off the platform. Kicks him. And he crashes into the coffin below. Oh, that green screen fall, though, man. Oh, the green screen fall is incredible. Chekhov's coffin, full circle. See, because he made his own coffin. Oh, right. It's full circle. That's the that's, carpenter. Yeah, the carpenter. Here I am, smack dab in the middle of a moral dilemma, Randall. You've torn this town to shreds with that little escapade of yours, you and your Eleanor. But I understand what brought you back here brother's love is our brother's love that's terrible writing terrible writing do you think it's like a double entendre like a brother's love like it's like a you know like in zoolander the oh. way how black people yeah because <laughs> in a way nick cage and delroy Lindo are brothers i like how you're zoolander my brother is, is. <laughs> yeah, polynesian sauce <laughs> he lets memphis go he'll clean this up Memphis tells him there's a container ship at Pier 14 he might want to check out. Now there's a barbecue with the whole crew. I mean, Fast and Furious really ripped off this movie. Young young guys talk about the about Angelina being sexy, and you can shoot me anytime for that kind of stuff. That's when Bulltooth Tony talks. If his unpleasant wounding has in some way enlightened the rest of you, as to the grim finish below the glossy veneer of criminal life, and inspired you to change your ways, then his injuries carry with it an inherent nobility. And a supreme glory. We should all be so fortunate. You say poor Toby. I say poor us. You spoke. Yeah. Hey, man, I thought you were from Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Kip brings Memphis a box, got keys in it. Duval calls everybody into the garage. It's an unfinished Eleanor. A couple weeks, it'll look like a streamlined butterfly. Kip bought him the car. It's a token for everything he's done. Brotherly hug. Memphis gets in for the ride. Thanks, Atlee, for what he did. Angelina wants to go for a ride as well. Ride on Josephine plays. Credits roll as the car stalls out, and Nick Cage says, don't do this to me. Oh, Eleanor. Some trivia. They made a bunch of replicas of this car. Two were kept. One to Nick Cage, one to Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> uh, Bruckheimer is apparently afraid of driving his. 
Nick Cage takes his out for joyrides all the time. The final chase scene was largely improvised, which I just don't understand. What does that even mean? What is that? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. There's a complete list of the cars with their girls' names. If you want to go check that out, I don't know why you would. Here's a piece of trivia for you, for you fellas, you degenerates. The title was translated to "Come in 60 Seconds" when released in some Greek theaters. I think we can all familiarize ourselves with coming in 60 seconds. <laughs> I can't even say 50! I can't even say If you do The Strangers, even faster. <laughs> 45? Oh, my yeah, God. Maybe. If, if, you're a, if you're a fucking machine, 45, are you kidding me? <laughs> Due to its high production and marketing costs, it is estimated that the film lost the studio about $90 million, Ooh. although due to Hollywood accounting, Disney wrote it down as a $212 million loss. That's some good accounting, Disney. Yeah. Christopher Eccleston, who plays Kalitri, described this as a terrible film in which I gave a terrible performance, adding that before Doctor Who, people recognized him, mostly shouted, you were in Gone in 60 Seconds, mate. You were shit. And I have to laugh at that because I was. <laughs> I appreciate his humility there. Scott Rosenberg left the project after some disagreements with the director, Dominic Senna. Jonathan Hensley and J.J. Abrams came in, did uncredited rewrites of the script. This is Ooh. when J.J. Abrams was working on everything, man. Everything. Yeah. As if he's not working on everything right now, the motherfucker did Star Trek and Star Wars. Two cinephobe fun facts. The bridge that Memphis does the stunt on is the bridge Tony Scott jumped off of in 2012, I mean. Oh, oh wow. Nice. Nice? And Angelina Jolie received the nomination for Worst On-Screen Hairstyle at the Stinkers Bad what? Movie Awards. Oh, my God. But yeah. lost to John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker for Battlefield Earth. Fuck. I mean, well, that deserved it. Deserved loss, I would No, no, say. no. Hold on. No, no. I won't say that because you know what? We don't recognize the Stinkers. We recognize the Razzies. Yeah. If you're not a Razzie, we don't want to hear about you. You know what? I hear all the time, oh, this person's a great actor. How do you know? Oh, they've won seven BAFTAs. Go all fuck about no BAFTA. BAFTA? BAFTA. Yeah, you're more of a shower guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let him sit in it. Like a BAFTA, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chilling in my bathtub. <laughs> well, I mainly eat out of a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> I should try that. I need some new dresses. Don't. <laughs> or if you do, stay away from the one in Ocean and Wilshire. That's mine. <laughs> Seriously. Stay out of it. Golden Dumpster nominees got con inventing the stranger, popularizing the stranger. Mm. The Asian lady failing miserably at driving <laughs> and at driving tests. <laughs> LeVar Burton talking about getting high and watching Roots. <laughs> Nicholas Cage's let's ride moment. Freb, the useless fucking idiot, picking Mercedes keys out of dog shit. And the final car chase into the harbor construction and equipment obstacle course. My personal favorite moment is, is, the, is Nick Cage in the dealership pretending to be the asshole. LeVar Burton saying Roots is pretty, pretty special. <laughs> That's just like a me personal, like... It's so weird. ...special moment that I had. I mean, Golden Dumpster? Oh, I gotta go with my man. Sidekick exposition. Because every line of his was exposition. Like, he didn't have dialogue. Everything was either exposition or just, like, super stereotype black guy stuff. Right. We didn't talk about it, but the, when they go to the warehouse where the Ferraris are at, he's talking about, it's cold. Don't you know black people are tropical people? And it's like, I know no one black wrote that line. <laughs> Shout out to TJ Cross. He made three movies. 
Gone in 60 Seconds, Showtime, Future Cinephobe, and Bad Company, also Future Cinephobe. Oh, Bad Company with a a Chris Rock? Yeah, and Anthony Hopkins. My twin brother was CIA. Oh, my God. The trailer. It's rare do you know that a movie's going to be Cinephobe strictly off the trailer. This (laughs) man has made three movies. They're all Cinephobes. Shout out to LeVar Burton. He'll be a three-time repeater. It's him and David Caruso, neck and neck. <laughs> My golden dumpster, it's going to be the day I get to say two Rogers don't make a right. Yeah. That's the, the that day that comes is gonna it's all from Nick Cage. It's all inspired by that. I'm gonna be in a room with two Rogers someday and I'm gonna deliver that line. I can't wait. Roger Goodell and Roger yeah. <laughs> And Roger Federer. My pick is the problematic Asian lady driving because yeah. they doubled down on it. Bringing her oh. back for the scene at the DMV, I was like, really? We did a fucking callback for this joke? All right. Golden dumpster. I picked it, motherfucker. So, it's a file. I love this movie. I love this movie. I don't need, I'm not even a big car person. I love that this seems to be like 80% of the of the inspiration for... Fast and Furious, which is one of the dearest franchises to my heart. This is a fun Nick Cage. It's got a great cast. Angelina Jolie, my God. The bad villain doesn't doesn't ruin it enough for me. I'm in. File it. I agree. I mean, I watched it actually with my girlfriend, and she had never seen it. And she got into it. When the movie ended, she was like, I liked it. And I was like, well, hey, well, there you go. There you go. That's just, that's good enough for me because I definitely, I definitely enjoyed the rewatch majorly maze i liked it i definitely was enjoying myself (laughs) it's long the villain is awful any math that you do about this plot like it's a total elevator pitch movie where they're like yeah 50 cars 72 hours 8 a.m get it to me sharp 200 grand like if you start counting that off and doing all that it definitely falls apart but the cast is loaded even the bad stuff like Freb and the problematic Asian lady driver are entertaining. It's a file. I mean, this is the one I worry about the most. No, I mean, you should worry because this movie was terrible. Here's the thing. I don't care for car movies. Whatever movie is trying to impress upon me that this car is, oh my God, this car is so special. It's a 1983 Cadillac Eldorado, dude. I don't care about any of these things. I was bored by much of this movie. At the point where I realized I wouldn't finish the movie in time to record the podcast, most of the time I will send a message, Nando, to Maze and Zach and say, guys, can we delay a little bit? I'm almost done. I still got to finish this movie. Even when they're really bad, but I'm still kind of semi-entertained, I will do that. I'm going to tell you the exact point where I was like, I'm out on this. It was right after What's a Unicorn? Because I know because I have, in parentheses, long break. And the next note I took was, or you could just wear gloves when my man is demonstrating fake fingerprints, right? So this is not only a phobe, it's a super phobe. It wasn't even on the edge for me. This was awful. I will never watch this movie again. I have no interest in even completing this movie. I paid $3.99 for this and $3.99 for the other motherfucker by the same name. I don't care. I never want to watch anything that's gone in 60 seconds. And by the way, I know you guys are all like, you got to give Fast and Furious a chance. This movie, solidified, I will never give it a chance. Oh, Fast and Furious Fuck all these car movies. Fuck all these car movies. Fuck them all. I'm done. Pope. I think I'm going to watch it tonight. It's Friday night. I think I'm just going to watch it again tonight. Great idea. 
Absolutely. Nando, where can everybody follow you, check out your work and everything? Best place is probably on Twitter at Nando Arvila, V-I-L-A. There it is. And check them out on Woke Bros Thursday on the old bomb feed. If you're not subscribed to that, subscribe to it. Make sure you're leaving a review. You're giving it five stars. Unsubscribe from it and then resubscribe from it. Juice those algorithms, everybody. Mm. And check out uh, what was the latest one was on the inauguration with you and Waz. Yes, sir. It's the one. Check it out. Uh, Nando, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. It's a lot of fun. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. Nick Cage month with jujitsu, snake eyes, kiss of death, and gone in 60 seconds. February coming up. What do we got? This feels like a trap. What? February just says the theme is black. <laughs> black month? Oh. This tie is black nut. This tie is black nut. Black month. I mean, what does this mean? It means this month is not black. <laughs> First and foremost, it means that I can't be wrong ever what you guys have to agree with everything i say if i make a distinction about a certain white person looking exactly like a certain other white person you guys have to go along with it what you don't get to disagree i don't like that yes master (laughs) what yeah whoa 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 whoa, whoa. playing a dangerous game right now (laughs) (laughs) any other month i'm okay with it but not this one So, I mean, obviously you get first, maybe every pick of this month. I don't know how this goes, but you at least get the first pick. So what do you, what do you want it to be for the to kick off? We got to find a better name than Black Month. I just, I don't feel comfortable. I think we'll start with Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, we're going to start with the 1997 buddy action movie comedy classic. I lived this movie in college. Money talks. And you know what, guys? What's up? I am guaranteeing right now. Guaranteeing. We are going to have a special guest Ooh. for this episode. That's right. Who's a special guest? I, I'm torn whether I should say it or not. Because this is someone who's a really big deal. This guy has produced and written for a TV show that aired on Comedy Central. This is a guy who has a project that's coming out soon on Netflix. This is a big deal in entertainment. Like, this is real. This isn't Pablo Torre. And no disrespect to Nando. This isn't Nando. Goodness. I love them. They're good people. They're funny people. They made our podcast better. But I'm telling you right now, the person I'm going to bring on next week for Money Talks is the most credentialed guest in the history of Cinecode. Oh, yeah, you got it. You got it. I'll follow your lead. I'm not until the all offense. I know I know how to follow your lead. I just learned uh, the shit out of that. You did. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, that's not in the pod. All right. Or is it? Isn't it? <laughs> Welcome to Cinephobes. Welcome outro. to Cinephobes. <laughs> <laughs>
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 